0: There's been a lot of talk about Kellen Moore and the Chargers offense, but what about Brandon Staley's defense? What are the expectations for that unit going into 2023? You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined, as always, by my co-host, David and We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, make sure to follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts from. But it's Fan Mail Friday, and we're starting by talking about Brandon Staley's defense and what our expectations are for that unit since we haven't seen many additions. We'll also talk about why Joey Bosa and getting the real Joey Bosa back will be a big part in hopefully improving that unit before getting into how Derwin James and Eric Kendricks can fit into the scheme in 2023 and what we expect from those two and the improvements we could see from them in getting into the Chargers re-signing Will clap an interior offensive lineman signing that actually gives the Chargers much more flexibility going into the draft with at least a little bit more of that part of it figured out. But the Chargers defense, David, not a lot of additions there. And I think we have a great question from Cameron in Texas about how much we should really be trusting in it at this point. Hi, my name is Cameron, and I'm from Texas. I want to know what your expectations are for the defense going into 2023. Mine are kind of low. I have Brandon Staley has been, uh, lived up to his expectations, in my opinion. And I know the defense played well at the end of the year, but we haven't seen the starters do that. So I'm going to be safe and hedge against them,
1: kind of expect expecting to be at the bottom of the league on defense again next year. But I want to know what you guys think.
0: I mean, there's definitely an improvement from 2021 to 2022. I mean, almost dead last in points per game allowed to 22nd in points per game allowed last year, obviously still, you know, close to the bottom third of the NFL. That's a tough question, Dave, because we haven't seen a lot of moves getting made. What should the expectations be?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. And I think when you're looking at what the expectations should be for this defense it, it really just depends on how they are really clicking because there's so many different moving parts with this defense are we finally at a point to where brandon staley can put a game to game plan together and be completely confident that his defenders are going to be able to, to go out there and execute it the way he drew it up like for example the miami dolphins game i think going into that game that was one of those situations to where That was a more daunting uh, game that we expected the Chargers to struggle in, but the game plan was phenomenal by Brandon Staley. They really stymied uh, Tua Tagovailoa and his effectiveness and really kind of shut down and took away what they did well. But the unfortunate thing is, is we didn't see that happen enough last year, and I think that's why this is a very intriguing question.
0: And it's tough because it's an incomplete question because we don't yeah. know exactly what this defense is going to look like. We don't know if Nolan Smith is coming you know, to in, in round one or you know the free agents that could potentially be signed, which is one part of it. But if we're just going off of what they have right now, mm-hmm. I think there's two parts of it. But one of the things is just what version of Joey Bosa are you going to get? Because Joey Bosa, when he's healthy is still a pro bowl caliber, you know, almost all pro level edge rusher. One of the best in the NFL when he's right. The pressure percentages will tell you that, right? And just even if the raw sack numbers have never been there, when he's on the field and when he stayed consistently healthy, he's looked great. He looked great to start last season before eventually getting hurt and never really looked the same after that. But when you're talking about just getting Joey Bosa and what a, you know, ferocious, rabid Joey Bosa that's fully healthy looks like. I mean, we just haven't seen it in a little while. But that could make a big difference. I mean, from 2019 to 2021, Bosa had 29 and a half sacks, right? Averaged almost 10 sacks per season and missed you know eight games during that span as well. So he's very, very productive. If they can get that version of Joey Bosa back this season, I think that is the easiest, easiest, most realistic path to this defense improving as we currently see it.
1: It's so critically important to get the best version of Joey Bosa on the field because he's a force multiplier. He makes everyone around the defense play better because of what he is capable of doing. What he does against the run, I mean, when he's right, he's one of the best run defenders in the NFL. He just sets such a physical edge. He is a great tackler. I mean, he gets ball carriers on on the ground. What he does as a pass rusher is special. When he's right, he's almost impossible to block. There's so many different uh, pass rush moves that he can throw at you, so many counters that he can throw at you. He's relentless. He just doesn't stop. That motor is legendary. So when he is right and that pass rush is, uh, is where it is and what he does against the run is there, he makes everyone's job that much easier. And... You know, we would love to see him and Khalil Mack getting after the quarterback at the same time. I mean, that was the entire vision that Brandon Steele had when he brought Khalil Mack into the fold was being able to unleash these two terrors on two opposing quarterbacks. But unfortunately, we only got to see it for a handful of games when we did see it uh, in the first game. It was extremely, extremely effective. We were just hoping to see that multiplied over 17 games.
0: Yeah, Khalil Mack had three sacks in the first game with Joey Bosa lined up opposite of him. It, it's a huge difference, and it is you know a huge risk. You just you can't be totally sure in that. I mean, you, know, you like to think, hey, two of the last three seasons before last season, he played at least 16 games, right, and played in 16 games. That's yeah. obviously nice, but you have to see it again. It's just been so much, and there has to be a lot of wear and tear on the body. The other big thing is how much are you buying into the four-game stretch that they had last season where they only allowed – 11 points per game on the route you know to four and oh during that stretch yeah when you're missing joey bosa for three out of those four games and you're missing derwin james for most of those four games because of the suspension and obviously getting ejected from the game against the colts i think you saw a little bit of proof of concept there where it's like hey when the guys are in the right spot brain staley's drawing up the game plan unfortunately you know the last two games of the season you blow a 27 point lead to jacksonville and you have Russell Wilson and an uninspired Denver Broncos team under a fire coach go and do that to you and when you're playing your starters for most of the game. So I I think you saw something there, but it was also against, you know, to Ryan Tannehill, Nick Foles and Baker Mayfield. So it is so hard to kind of gauge how seriously you should take that and how much things are going in the right direction. But I think you see, Hey, There's something there. The players obviously, you know, have to get the message and have to, you know, it has to translate from Brandon Staley's scheme and all the guys have to be in the right spot. But that four games is just hard to trust on a full, you know, 17-game season.
1: And the reason why it's hard to trust is because the same reason why it was hard to trust the Chargers last year in general is that they didn't get any quality wins against a quality football team, a a team that had a plus 500 record. So it's just really hard to figure out what is fact and what is fiction because of the level of competition that they were playing towards the end of the season. That's why I brought up the Miami Dolphins game, because at that point in in the season, that kind of had the most important significance. And at that point, the Dolphins were still, you know, a decent football team. They just, they were
0: the the best offense in the entire league. Yeah, there you go. I mean, most
1: explosive offense in, in the entire league. And, you know, the Chargers and Brandon Staley's defense did a really good job of stymieing that. But yeah, it's just show me against a quality football team that you can put together a win and that you're contributing, you know, mostly on defense. And then I will have more confidence believing in that ability to translate that over the course of an entire season because and and brandon still one one of his things is hey i need to draw up a game plan specific to each individual opponent it just when those uh, game plans were drawn up against the winning teams it didn't result in a win so
0: yeah i mean the best they got in those scenarios were close losses which only can get you by for so long but yeah i mean you you had to prove it and they didn't really last season i mean and we haven't seen major improvements to it and that's the other thing too is just like hey john johnson would make me feel better about an improvement a lot better (laughs) depth the edge safety cornerback you know will they add to the defensive tackle room with austin johnson and tito abonia coming off of major injuries do we see potential reunions with kyle vannoy bryce callahan guys that would solidify those positions so there's a lot left you know before we can actually truly make these judgments they could be better brain Staley obviously has to do a good job maybe you know having a new defensive coordinator and Derek Ansley also helps as far as the process between Brandon Staley and actually implementing and installing this defense and getting guys up to speed quicker because it just wasn't happening quickly enough. And Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill and everybody else have to take accountability for that. But there are those are the easiest ways to see. Okay, hey, maybe this defense improves. Right now, though, as it currently stands, I don't have a ton of confidence in it, which is you know part of the reason I've been pushing for. You should probably go and try to make your offense as explosive and as good as possible. But I do think, you know, when you have someone like Derwin James, and when you have what Eric Kendricks could potentially bring to this defense, those are a couple of wild cards that could lead to some improvement in that room as well on that side of the football. And we'll get into that, but I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app and if you've ever thought you'd make a good gm you've got to give this game a try it's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty guys because when you play ultimate football gm you also get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through the seasons and lead your team to glory and try to build a historic dynasty with ultimate football gm you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators managing all the finances including negotiating pop player salaries and terms and navigating your franchise through free agency the draft Injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. It's going to take you a little time to get used to it. It's a very challenging and realistic game. I've started the first couple of seasons. Pretty bad, but I have turned things around, and you gotta stick to it, and you gotta pick the right kind of players. And one thing that helps is Locked On Chargers listeners get a one hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We have some more great fame mail questions to get here to, David. And I want to get to some we have from Twitter that really go along with kind of where we went with that first segment. And I want to start with Tom Telesco's burner account, who says, how excited are you guys for Le- Eric Kendricks in the middle of our light box schemes? He can actually shed blocks and he is known as a tackling machine. Exactly what you need in Staley's light boxes. In my opinion, love the show. You guys have your fingers on the pulse. David, that is, it's a great question because when you're trying to kind of parse what Eric Kendricks is going to bring that you weren't getting from Drew Tranquil, who just had his best season. This is one of the places where, you know, maybe he is a better fit for what Brandon Staley wants, especially in the running game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's just been so consistent over the over the course of his career. I mean, it just seems like over 100 tackles every single season. He has under a 10% missed tackle rate. And also, he's just super rock solid against the the pass as well. I mean, he only has allowed a, uh, just over a 70% reception percentage in his career. So he's just a very well-rounded linebacker, a, a linebacker that has a lot of experience in the Brandon Staley type of scheme with the the pattern matches that he likes to play. So it's just someone who has the veteran leadership and has proven experience that you're inserting in the middle of your defense. I, I just feel like it's a it's a great fit, especially in the short term.
0: And being able to shed blockers, being able to tackle kind of the kryptonite of this Chargers defense yeah. in the last few years, two major aspects that the Chargers could improve and He figures to improve both of those, at least to some extent. There's only so much one sure. dude can do. Right. And, you know, it's not like... He, it's not just a you you had an empty spot and you filled it with him right you lost your tranquil and you added this guy so as far as how much that improves your defense this year i think in this specific aspect he's hitting on all the right spots here shedding blocks is bad missing tackles is bad eric kendricks is really really good at both of those things but to me it's not even just about the physical part of it it's the mental part of it because one thing you realize when you watch this dude he knows where he's going and being able to shed blocks is very important being yes. able to know where you're supposed to be is even more important, and that's something that just didn't happen nearly enough with the guys they had defensively, not just the linebackers, but everyone, right? Yeah. This is a dude who always knows where the right spot to be is. And that knows is where everyone good. else is supposed to be, too. Exactly. And I think you know ha- him having the green dot potentially freeze up Derwin James a little bit to think yeah. a little bit less and to react a little bit more and just kind of let his instincts take over instead of having to worry about everyone else which yeah. I think could be big. But as far as Eric Kendricks goes, that kind of football IQ in the middle is something I think the Chargers have been missing in the Brandon Staley era. At least somebody who's played as much defense and played as much in a similar defense under Mike Zimmer as Eric have, Yeah, has. But J.R. Garrow also has wondering about Derwin James when he asked, do you think Derwin James will appear near, near the line of scrimmage this season rather than being all over the field as a jack-of-all-trades type and putting him in different positions. I think being near the line of scrimmage would definitely help the defense to simplify things. So we all know how good Derwin James is in the box. We know how good he is as a blitzer. To me though, David, I just don't know if the Chargers have the manpower in other positions to feel like you could just have him in one spot. Plus, if he's in the box on every down, he's just a linebacker at that point, pretty much.
1: Right. And that's just not the best use of Derwin James's abundant talents. So, when well, I mean, don't
0: blame Derwin James for what yeah. the Chargers lack defensively either. Like, sure. I think that's another part of this too.
1: Definitely not. It's, this is not a Derwin James problem at all. It's just that Derwin James is really good at a lot of different things, and you would love to have 11 Darwin Jameses, okay? If you could just put them all over the football yeah. field, that would be great, but you don't. And so they always try to put him as close to the football or as close to where they feel like the ball is going to go as possible because he is a playmaker. He's a guy that can cover your best tight end. He can cover one of your best wide receivers. He can be a guy that you trust back and be your last line of defense defender. He I mean, he's the guy that can suplex Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's just yeah. no end to what Derwin James is capable of doing. And yeah, it's exciting to see him in the box because he's a ferocious tackler and that he can absolutely annihilate tackles and running backs that are trying to block him from getting to quarterbacks, which is really fun to watch him do that. But he does other thing, other things extremely well, too. It's just you need to be able to move him around close to the ball so he has the most opportunities to make plays as possible.
0: And I think this is bred by the four-game winning streak not really have Derwin in it, right? And that's right. kind of where the question from Cameron says, like, hey, even our sp- starters didn't play as well as when we had our backups in. That four-game stretch is why you also feel good about some like Alohi Gilman, right? But right. when you only have Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, and JT Woods, who's on the back end if you have mm-hmm. Derwin James in the box, right? Yeah. Is that Alohi Gilman and JT Woods? That's not a recipe for success and the chargers used derwin james in the box a ton last year that was his leading position he was in the box for 330 snaps he was at free safety for 270 154 at slot corner 63 on the line of scrimmage he was everywhere but they used him in the box a ton i think it has a lot more to do with the other guys and those Mm -hmm. other guys me being more defined in their roles when derwin james is out let them thrive a little bit but like if you're a coach you have to get that You know, you have to be able to take those things away and and be able to find continuity and find, okay, hey, we saw what these guys do really well and be able to add Derwin James into it, be able to add Joey Bosa into it. That's all part of it. But your defense is better with Joey Bosa and Derwin James. The other guys around them have to stay up and still play, you know, assignment sound football too. And it's not, you know, either one of those guys' fault. Everyone plays a part in it, but Derwin James is best used when you can keep him near the ball, obviously, which is, I think, what you're kind of going for here, but also being able to put him on a tight end if you need to or a wide receiver like you were talking about or blitz him, right? There's just so many good ways to be used where if you just have him in one spot, you're wasting some of those talents. Yeah. Do you have one more question I want to squeeze in here, though, from Alicia, who who is asking, would you rather the Chargers target a veteran punt returner or draft one on day three? Thank you guys for all the daily content and keeping me up to date with all the Chargers news I might have missed. To me, David, I think it's draft and drafting one late. Try to find one cheap and see if you can do it that way, even after, you know, you missed on someone like Joe Reed.
1: Yeah, definitely that's the move for me. I feel like they tried the the veteran kick returner thing, and, I mean, that worked well, just wasn't good as a punt returner. Then, you know, they tried to bring in somebody who was experienced as a punt returner, did really well, just wasn't good as a kick returner. So I feel like… Andre Roberts and DeAndre Carter, yeah. Correct, yes. Right, to be specific. You but want somebody
0: yeah. who can do both. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. You want somebody who can do both, and I think your best avenue for that is either late in the draft or in the undrafted free agent type of uh, pool there. But, yes, that is the avenue in which I would uh, hope that they try to address that position.
0: Yeah, I think you, you you can find somebody that you like. Returners usually go late. What you're getting out of that, right, if that's you double-dipping at receiver and, and thinking that player could turn into something even better, yeah, uh, but it's a place where the Chargers could easily improve. I know at least you're asking about punt returner, but they need both because DeAndre yeah. Carter was both for them last year. Much better as a punt returner and than now he's returner. with the Raiders. Yeah. Now he's FTR for life. So I, I think that, you know, it's always bad when you see a player go to another divisional rival, of course. Mm-hmm. Still, though, it does feel like the Chargers could upgrade at kick returner obviously Mm -hmm. and I think they could also upgrade at wide receiver four and I don't think those things are crazy and hopefully we'll see the Chargers double dip and potentially one of those guys should be able to punt return and kick return and do it better than what we've seen over the last couple of seasons because like we talked about yesterday you don't want the special teams to regress that was such a underlying Cinderella story (laughs) the improvement the Chargers made on the special teams last year it was such a big part of it but we do know the Chargers have a lot of needs, and the depth is something that just you can't really be to- totally certain on anything until you kind of see how they fill the cracks out because we don't think the moves are done in free agency, and we haven't seen what they're going to draft yet. But it was a really nice move, in my opinion, though, to bring back center guard Will Clapp for some versatility and some help behind Corey Lindsley and company. And he actually played pretty well. Now he is back with the Chargers. We're going to get into that. And why Atier is definitely crazy thinking that the chargers could go 13 and 4 in 2023 but the nba playoffs are almost here right now guys and it's the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win that means even if you lose in your first try you can actually win even with that loss just download the fanduel sportsbook app it's safe secure super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores Two threes drained. You can even do the three-by-two thing. Someone's going to make three, two three three-pointers in the first three minutes of a game. That definitely pays out nice. And you can always do the same game parlay with FanDuel. And if you're not into basketball, that's fine as well. Because guess what? We talked yesterday about all of the different bets you can make for the Chargers. Right now, whether it's about the draft, whether it's Justin Herbert's MVP odds, whether the Chargers can win the AFC West or the Super Bowl, and much more. So don't miss out on your guys' chance right now to get in on the action and get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com. It's fanduel.com to where learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We have more questions to get into here, David, uh, especially a Tears voicemail, but I do want to talk about a little under the radar signing that the Chargers made, and that is center-slash-guard Will Clapp, a.k.a. Corey Lindsley's backup, coming back into the fold, which to me, David, I think is a good move.
1: I feel like this was a, a move that I'm just curious as to why it took so long for them to make. I mean, one I of the know most that, likely moves for sure. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I know that there's not a lot of money that's tied into this move. There's familiarity with the system. He played decently whenever he was asked to or whenever Corey Lindsley had to step out of the ball game. Obviously, you know, you can't ever replace or, or dream to replace the production of an all pro. But he played decent football and that's what you're looking for you want somebody you can play at an adequate level and he brings some versatility like you said he played some center he can play some guard so this is the type of move that we expected them to make on the offensive line and I'm happy that they did
0: and the only reason you would think that they might not get him back is just because hey Joe Lombardi left right and that was his original connection but more than that though you know didn't leave Brendan Nugent, their offensive line coach. So he still has those, you know, New Orleans ties here with the offensive line. It makes a ton of sense just because the Chargers were very barren in that cabinet as far as what they had behind Corey Lindsley and Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson in the middle. And yeah, you have Brendan Imus who still, you know, they've been terrified to put on the field. You can't really put all your eggs in that basket. No, And now it gives you more flexibility in the draft because, you know, before today when they made the signing, Felt like that was something that they had to address. And, you know, probably not wait till round six or seven to do it. (laughs) If they're going to try to find someone that's going to back up Corey Lindsley right on that timeline. Still, I mean, I think it's still very much in play because you still need to find the long-term answer. Will Clapp's not going to be the long-term answer. And I think the other thing is, too, Will Clapp allowed zero sacks last year on 252 pass blocking snaps. He was very good in that regard. Only eight pressures on those snaps and only one penalty. But – it was what happened to the guys besides him when and Corey Lindsley had to leave the game. I saw the Thunder from Down Under podcast brought this up as well, and I totally yeah. agree with it, which is Matt Filer had two of his worst pass-blocking games next to Will Clapp. Zion Johnson yeah. had three of his forced, four worst pass-blocking games when he was next to Will Clapp, and games that Will Clapp played at least 10 snaps. It's the so Corey think, Linsley effect, man. And the other thing is, David... What he does for Justin Herbert, Corey Lindley, yeah. right? And right. how much he helps him with the checks and getting the protection, protection set up. Yeah, exactly. So that's a huge part of it. So I still think, you know, in the draft, you will still see the Chargers, whether it's guard, whether it's center, there's some flexibility. there, finding some depth there. Oh,
1: definitely. I think you're gonna you, you should expect to see them look at the offensive line probably somewhere in the four to six range. I right? expect them to pick somebody up and add someone to the fold. Yeah, this Just probably feel. means
0: they don't have to wait. You know, they they can get someone who maybe has to season a little bit more. Yeah, because exactly. They have Will Clamp, right?
1: Yes, this gives them some flexibility on that front to not have to worry about bringing somebody in that has to potentially be an immediate contributor. You can let them kind of learn and grow under one of the best centers in the nfl and and that is never a bad thing
0: yeah i mean it hopefully it gets you out of the cell senio Kelamete game that's what you're always trying to get away from and i know can said, we stop saying that name please if you're new <laughs> you don't remember 2021 senio Kelamete has to come in the game for matt Filer, who i believe was on the COVID list and was the only game he missed over the last two seasons yes And it was maybe the worst game by an offensive lineman that I ever saw. And even during the game, the Chargers weren't willing to put Brandon Hymus in instead of him when it was very clear and obvious to everyone. Which is a worse indictment on Brandon Hymus. And and hey, Trey Pipkins happened, right? Trey Pipkins just got a three-year contract from the Chargers. right? That there's, you know... 70% 70% of the time I've been doing this podcast, I would tell you that that's an insane thing to say. Right? It is. So like yeah. yeah. Anything can happen. He could be out, you know, Duke Manyweather shoring up the game right now with the boys out there, but it's just hard to know at this point. This gives him a little bit more flexibility. And, you know, if something does happen to an offensive lineman early on in the season, maybe it, you know, gives you someone else to put in there. But the future behind Corey Lindsley still is you know uncertain especially with the knee stuff that he had last season something that kind of was reoccurring doesn't seem like that you know you can just bank on that to be better he's still great though he has two more years on his contract we'll see how it plays out but this could be the draft where they try to find that guy and also maybe a longer term backup for guys like Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson it's nice to have those guys you need depth that is somewhere you could pick it up, you know, later on in the draft without using, you know, what top one hundred pick on it probably. But I do want to get into this voicemail from Atier because he thinks that FanDuel is crazy. I mean, I understood why FanDuel put out most of the odds they did yesterday. Atier did not, especially regarding what he thinks the Chargers are going to do record wise in twenty twenty
1: three. Dan, David, this is Looks Mr. Wade. I just saw the show. I love the show. FanDuel I'm crazy. I don't know what they're talking about. Nine and a half for the Chargers. I have the Chargers going 13 and four. I got the one in the West with five and one. Do you think I'm being too crazy? Let me know. Love you.
0: I love you too. You're crazy, here. I mean, I love it. I love the optimism. You know, I don't even know if in a best case scenario you see a 13 and four. And. You know, uprooting the Kansas City Chiefs at the top of the division because he kind of snuck that one in there as well. Five and one in the division. David, how crazy is he? It's
1: very, very crazy because (laughs) the Chargers haven't even been plus 500 in the division since 2018, and that's when they went 12 and four. Okay, last year, two and four. (laughs) The year before that, in 21, three and three. Uh, Again, three and three in 2020. 0 oh, and six in 2019. That was a very bad year. That was a five and 11 year. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, you got the four and two in the division. Um, but. I don't even know how you can feel comfortable with them going plus 500 in the division because they haven't shown it in several seasons. I would love to see that. And I am the biggest optimist in the world. Okay. I would love and absolutely love to see the Chargers to go 13 and four. But I just don't know in this current world that we're in, in this multiverse (laughs) that we live in right now, that we can expect to see the Chargers achieve a 13 and four record. Crazier things have happened. I would love to see it. I just don't know how it happens at this point in time.
0: Yeah, I mean there you know, with all the timelines out there, there there's a timeline in which, you know, the Chargers are the Patriots and every bad thing that's happened to them has gone the other way, you know. But I would love to live in that multiverse. That would that's be great. Not the one that we're living in currently. No. I mean, to build off of yours, I mean the Chargers haven't won thirteen games since two thousand and nine, right? So yeah. we're going on fourteen seasons. Right. They've only won double digit games twice. Since 2010, one of those was last year. Maybe Brandon Staley deserves a little more credit for that, since it's only happened twice. The other season was the 12 and four year. That 0 and six year was that you know dreaded. I mean, first year under Anthony Lynn, I think was that one. Uh, Yeah, with with Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, and then they rattled off, I think, four
0: wins. That that was that the the deadly third season for past Chargers head coaches, which has been a, a death sentence really for all of them. But yes, besides that, though. They've they've only won 13 plus games twice in franchise history. Both of those have happened since the 2006 14 and two season. That was the best season. Then you had 2009 at 13 and three. Those are the only two times they've won 13 games. Period. In 60 plus years, they've only done it twice. So they haven't won the division since 2009. And I think the other thing is, is like, there's just no way I can see them not tripping up at least one time against the Raiders or the Broncos, right? Like. They should. I, I don't. I don't see them do. going four and zero against the Raiders or the Broncos. Even last year, they split both the series. You know, Broncos could be better this season than they were last season. They should have beat them both times. Obviously, even with especially with how they're playing towards the end of the season, especially since they played their starters. Yeah, maybe the starters were kind of like eh, I don't know if we should be in here right now, but a tier I love it. I mean, I got crushed for saying the Chargers I think would have 11 wins last season. Maybe I even said 12 and I you know, was told I wasn't optimistic enough. So, I'm trying to work on it, but I'm not I'm not with the 13-4 yet. That is I'm not there either. Would be a <laughs> a, a miracle, I would yeah. say right now, especially just with who they're going up against. I mean, that's hey, if you can go 5 and 1 and split the division series with the Chiefs, you absolutely have a chance at the division. I think that's, you know, a good barometer of how well you've obviously been playing. Yeah sounds like fairy tale land right now though until we see kind of how the rest of this offseason goes and getting everyone to the season healthy and getting everyone back when they do get injured quicker and you know just having general better luck than we see in most seasons from the chargers but that is going to wrap things up for today's show the good news is we'll be back with you guys on monday with mock draft 5.0 a five round chargers mock and i think we're going to go a little unconventional with it we talked about it a little bit last week but next week we also want to get into just who we like in this draft, you know, who our favorite wide receivers and tight ends are a lot of fan mail questions about specific guys. It's hard to do those on these shows when you have to watch a bunch of film and stuff. So tight ends, wide receivers, we plan on getting to next week Maybe we'll do edge rushers and some other important positions after that. And we're also also trying to get some big guests on the show too, but to make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure you are following or subscribing for free on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on our all of our social media at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. You can find me at Dan Talk Sports, Dave DaveJugmeyer at SD. And for everyone who called into the voicemail line, thank you. Thank you, Atier, Cameron, everyone we couldn't get to today. To get into there, you can call into 323-524-7924. You leave a 30-second question, it's likely to get on the show, and we appreciate everyone for contributing. You can also hit us up on our Instagram at on Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure you guys are checking out the Locked On NFL scouting with the draft dudes. The draft dudes very much liked who we picked in our mock draft today. You guys will find that out soon. But from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Wherever you get your podcast from and on YouTube, make sure you guys are also checking out the Locked On Podcast Network newsletter and you can find that at lockedonpodcast.com slash newsletters tons of great links to great you know draft information a lot of the stuff that we get you know it's always nice keeping up with those guys but we're we'll back you guys on monday with mock draft 5.0 until then take it easy and go bolts.